0: In this week's episode so when I say I'm mindful of my insulin on board prior to exercise what that actually means is I try to make sure that I haven't taken any fast-acting insulin within the three to four hours prior to the exercise itself but before we get into that everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience and if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes Please contact a medical professional. Now let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are. Welcome back to the InSalone podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as always. I am stand I was gonna say sitting here. I'm standing here recording this podcast with Graham, and we said before we press record, we will address it already, that there's a very, (laughs) very big, very dramatic delay on. The podcast itself, or like the Wi Fi or something. So, we're probably going to speak over each other more than we usually are. Graham, go. <laughs> I am determined not
1: to speak over. We have uh, had to have a little mini meeting before the show to go, right, when I want to t- talk, I'll hold my hand up. When you're talking and you want me to talk, <laughs> you point at me when you know you're ready to go. Uh, and there will be, I said, there will be gaps. Don't worry. In post, in post-production, I will get rid of the gap. So it is my goal here to make sure that you do not know there is a delay in our line. Only the reason you know is because we told you. That is the plan. And hopefully,
0: this will go smooth sailing. Over to you, Owen. (laughs) Yeah, we, we both have to put up our hands just to make sure we're speaking in turn. And we like to be polite as much as we can. So what I wanted to do in this episode basically is just briefly go through something that I have done myself over the last week. That's obviously what I like to do with these podcasts, talk about my personal experience as often as I can, if it benefits you. And I put up a post on Instagram one of the days last week where basically I just highlighted really briefly three steps that I took before doing a 1.5 kilometer swim and essentially how I prepared for that so that my blood sugar wasn't coming down, coming down, coming down. Because obviously, if you live with type 1 diabetes, you're fully aware of the fact that exercise can potentially be tricky. Was this a sea swim or was this a swimming pool swim? This was a swimming pool swim. So it was, I was actually talking to one of my clients about this, who's big into swimming. And he was asking, like, am I working with a swimming coach, et cetera, et cetera. Not yet, but I was telling him how much more pleasurable it is to swim in a swimming pool as opposed to the Irish Sea. Because because obviously when I'm in Ireland, I, I try to swim a good bit. But it's a whole different ballgame. There's currents, there's waves, it's freezing. So swimming in a pool is definitely more relaxing and more pleasurable. I know you used to do a, I was like a 6am swim when you were in
1: Bray. I know you're now in New York for a little bit. Are you missing the Bray swims, even though it was incredibly cold, but I will say the one thing, and if you're <laughs> Irish and most specifically from Dublin, you will know that swimming is a big thing now, especially during the summer. But the, if you're swimming, this is very specific to a very niche amount of people who are listening to this. In Sea Point or the 40 foot, I always find the water is very sticky, but in Bray, it is absolutely beautiful because it's uh, more south. South of Dublin So it's away from all the kind of population And also the incinerator plant Which is right beside where everybody goes to swim And the pool yeah. bag lighthouses So
0: um, do you miss the 6am the swims in Bray? Definitely, definitely, definitely And I think like part of the pleasure of it Is that it's so cold In a, in a strange sort of way But I'd prefer swimming in Bray Than any other place in the world and you can you can continue to quote me on that because the views that you see in Bray when you're swimming, they're unbelievable. They're so, like Bray Head, like the beach itself. It's so nice. If you're there on a really sunny day, I should be getting paid here by Bray to, to, to promote it. But it's such a nice place. So it's really, really, like it's a beautiful place when the weather's nice, but the water's always cold, which is a good thing. So it's... It it was always a good way to start the day because it's like, oh, the last thing in the world I want to do is get into really cold water right now. But once you get out, it's like you're being reborn. (laughs) Like It's it's an unbelievable feeling. So I used to try and start my day with an early swim as often as I could. So yes, the, the pool swim is definitely more convenient, more pleasurable, but different in its own way.
1: Well, it is the summertime here in Ireland and uh, the Northern Hemisphere. So if people are getting into swimming or thinking about it, or even in a swimming pool as well to stay fit. Oh, was it three things that you have to prepare before you go for a swim? What is it? Let's go.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to keep these super, super simple. And basically, obviously, if you live with type 1 diabetes, you're aware of the fact that you can do anything you want. You just need to prepare more in advance. So three things that I always pay attention to or make sure I'm aware of prior to particularly extended periods of cardio. Cause I know for me with extended periods of cardio like a walk or a run or a cycle, or in this case a swim, my bloods are always inclined to trend lower. So for me, three things I pay attention to. Number one, most importantly for me, is my insulin on board. So I-O-B, if you see any reference to that on social media or whatever it might be. So insulin on board essentially is the active insulin that you have in your system, in your body at, that, at any given point. So generally, when you take fast-acting insulin, it's going to be active in your system for in and around three to four-ish hours, depending on the insulin itself generally, and sometimes depending even on you. But for me, I'm obviously on insulin pens. I am somebody who is very sensitive to insulin because I train a lot. There's a dog barking in the background. I apologize in advance. Uh, the, the newest member of the insulin team, Cookie, is that his name? <laughs> Cookie. Yeah, I'm. I think she's uh, crying more now because she's hearing her name <laughs> through the podcast. Oh, but yeah, a little Pomeranian puppy. I just call her puppy for the time being. Um, but as you can probably hear, she's, she sounds like a little squeaky toy. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought I'd still be as productive with a puppy in the apartment, (laughs) but I'm absolutely in no way anywhere near as productive as I would have been. Um, but she's shrieking in the background. So that's puppy or cookie. Um, but anyway, but anyway, I, where, where was I before I was intro? Insulin on board. So I, so I know that I'm somebody who's really sensitive to insulin, meaning that my insulin to carb ratio is quite high. And that's generally down to my activity, my food, body fat percentage, etc. These things can play a role in overall sensitivity. So for me, because I am very sensitive to insulin, I know that, even if I have like half a unit of insulin on board, when I'm doing extended periods of cardio, I'm much more inclined to crash. So when I say I'm mindful of my insulin on board prior to exercise, what that actually means is I try to make sure that I haven't taken any fast acting insulin within the three to four hours prior to the exercise itself. Now, That's a good approach to have if I have the luxury of time to say, okay, this is the time I'm exercising. This is the time I don't want to take insulin within. But of course, you want to live your life. So if you want to go out for a walk, if you want to go out for a run more spontaneously, essentially the way I look at it is if I haven't planned for that exercise in the sense that I haven't adjusted my insulin on board prior to the exercise, The next best thing is simply increasing my carbohydrate intake prior to the exercise. So it's almost like the reduction of insulin, the increase of carbohydrate essentially serve the same purpose. So that was number one. I made sure because this was planned exercise, I made sure that I hadn't taken any fast acting insulin three to four hours prior to the swim. So number two. preparation for a swim what is it on number two i've kind of mentioned it already but essentially what i like to do is depending on the amount of exercise or the time that i'm going to be doing the exercise for i increase my carbohydrate intake again to avoid potential lows during exercise so in this example because i knew i was doing a 1.5k swim it took me I think it was like 30 or 40 minutes. I can't really remember to be honest, but I had avoided insulin. Number two was I increased my carb intake, which worked out at about 28 grams of carbohydrate, which was just from a cereal bar. So really, really, really easy. Okay. And essentially the purpose of that again is to have my blood sugar rise with the carbohydrate because I'm not taking insulin for it. So the carbohydrate rises my blood sugar itself. And then as I go into the exercise, because my bloods are kind of being pulled up by the food and my bloods are being pulled down by the exercise, they basically balance themselves out. It's kind of like a balancing act, like a tug of war the way I look at it. One's pulling me up, one's pulling me down. Mm -hmm. Finding the balance with two gives me the ability to just exercise without having to worry about my bloods easier said than done okay <laughs> as you can imagine number three then as i said we're keeping it super super simple number three basically is the time that i give that carbohydrate prior to the exercise to spike my blood sugar so i need to time when i eat the carbohydrate how much carbohydrate i eat and when i'm starting the exercise so if i was to eat 30 grams of carbohydrate five minutes before the exercise. I know for me, that's not really enough time for the food to actually digest and get into my bloodstream to bring my bloods up. And then the exercise is going to pull me down. So I need to find the right balance between eating the food, letting that time pass. So my bloods actually start to climb up and then balancing it with the time of when I'm doing the exercise so that I don't go too high and that my food's pulling up, as I said, and my exercise is pulling me down. Does this make sense when I'm saying it? Because I'm doing all these hand movements and visually you can, you can picture it more, but is this making sense, Graham? just purely audio-wise? To me, yes, your insulin and then your carbs and then your timing.
1: So it's the three of them have to work in tandem with each other. One will keep you from spiking, one will keep from going low. And the hope is then with the correct timing, you'll meet in the middle at the exact time when you
0: were doing the exercise. Did I get it? You got it spot on. I'm impressed. And <laughs> so something that I do, and th- this is something that I have just done personally. There's not a massive amount of logic to this, but this is just how I kind of prepare in advance. So generally I will match the carbohydrate I eat with the minutes I wait. I suppose there is logic behind it because basically the reason that I do that, let's say I'm having 30 grams carbohydrate. I wait 30 minutes before I exercise. And basically I do that because oftentimes the amount of carbohydrate that I consume will indicate how long I plan to exercise for. So obviously, if I'm going out to do like a 10 or 15K run, that's going to be much longer. The energy output is going to be much higher than a shorter walk or a shorter run or a shorter swim. So if I'm consuming more carbohydrate prior to the exercise that to me indicates that I'm exercising for longer. So in a sense, I almost want my bloods to be inclined to climb higher because I'm gonna be doing it longer. As opposed to, if I'm having 10 grams carbohydrate before exercise, I know that 10 grams carbohydrate before exercise isn't really gonna hold me for too long anyway. So. That's a really, really simplified way that I look at it. It's like, depending on how much carbohydrate I consume, I almost match that with the amount of minutes that I wait. Again, this is me. Most importantly, I, like to, I always like to highlight this with the podcast. This is me. This is my body. This is my insulin. This is my exercise. You may be using a pump. You may be completely different to me. You may do completely different types of exercise for different amounts of time but this is just to give you an idea of a simplified approach you can take prior to particularly extended cardio sessions. So again, to recap, three things. I'm aware of the insulin on board that I have, how much insulin is active in my system. Number two, the amount of carbohydrate that I consume prior to the exercise itself. And number three, the time that I wait before the exercise, after eating the food. So essentially, it's the window of time between when I eat the food, when I start my exercise. And again, those three points can completely vary based on the type of exercise I'm doing, the intensity of of exercise I'm doing, and the duration of exercise that I'm doing. This
1: chat has reminded me of a trilogy of episodes we did. Uh, I was looking back there trying to find what the number episode they were. Uh, Now, two and a half years ago, I cannot believe it's that long ago. It was just after uh, 2021. So if you were listening to this and they are three of our most popular episodes out of all the... 160 odd episodes that we have done. It has been back to back to back. Uh, Owen went through the three different types of training and exercise and how to avoid highs and lows with them. So number 46 was cardio and type 1 diabetes. Number 47 was high intensity interval training. And number 48 was resistance weight training, all with type 1 diabetes. Uh, You might have already listened to them. If you have, fair play. It might be worth a little recap going back. If you've just jumped into the podcast recently and haven't, gone back and listened to those and you are mad into exercise and you're trying to get that balance like Owen was talking about, 46, 47 and 48, I would say are up there with three of the must listen to episodes when it comes to exercise and type
0: 1 diabetes. Spot on. If you haven't listened, I can't even speak. If you haven't listened to them, listen to them. They're massively beneficial. Even if you're not hugely into exercise just yet, Just gives you a lot of confidence around how to approach various types of exercise. If you have listened to them already, like Graham said, give yourself a recap. The more you know, the easier things are. That's just the reality of it. Graham, we said we were going to keep it short, less than 20 minutes. Good to go. Bye, everybody. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. Nice, short, and sweet one to follow the bite size episode that has just come out on Monday. Remember, there's new full episodes every Wednesday, but every single Monday there's a release of a bite size episode. So make sure you don't miss those. Start of the week, give you a nice boost of information or inspiration or motivation to get you kicked off for the week. Graham, good to see you. I appreciate you doing it after the drinks last night. I oh, was just okay. going to say on the back <laughs> of that own. <laughs> there we go. We spoke over each other uh, on the back yeah, of that.
1: No, <laughs> I was going to say, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, it would be great if you did. Because I know uh, even me, I will search my favorite podcast and I might miss a couple of weeks. But we do release episodes on a Monday that you might not be aware of. So it will be great that if you are subscribed every time we release an episode, and sometimes we break episodes into part one and part two, it goes directly to your phone. So it's there when you need it. You don't have to be searching for it. So even if... You just do one thing for us this week, is subscribe if you're not already subscribed. We really appreciate you listening, even though you're not subscribed. But if you aren't, give us a a subscribe. I can't even speak. As I was out all weekend drinking,
0: Uh, I apologize for that. (laughs) Exactly. The the
1: thing
0: about it is... I'm sweating. I'm kind of of sweating now as well. The thing about it is, look... Every podcast you listen to, every YouTube channel you watch or whatever, everybody's like, like, subscribe, da-da-da-da-da. It's kind of annoying to listen to. I understand and I appreciate that. But if you listen to this podcast and you get value from the podcast and you benefit from the podcast, if you subscribe, if you share, if you like, it actually is really good for the podcast and it helps other diabetics around the world, much like you, to also hear, get value from and benefit from. So treat it as a, a way you're helping another diabetic out there, which everybody wants to do. So we'll say it one more time. Subscribe, like, share. Appreciate it. Look after your blood sugars. Have a good week. Chat to you soon. Take care. We love you.